This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm delighted to go digging for gold with you in the unmatched, powerful, restorative, and miraculous Word of God. It's wonderful to join you here on this platform and to open the Word of God with you. You know, I love to listen to podcasts. I listen to them every day on my daily walk. And some podcasts tell stories. Some do fascinating interviews with men and women who are in the public eye. Other podcasts discuss politics. I don't listen to those. The entertainment world movies, or even sports. Can you believe it? There are even some podcasts that talk about math, science, cooking, or cartoons. A Jolt of Joy is just a bit different from all of those because I am a Bible teacher, and that's what A Jolt of Joy is all about. We open the Word of God together and go digging for gold. If you want true and lasting joy in your life, you'll open your Bible. Joy is found wherever Jesus is, and He is the Word of God made flesh. What an exciting possibility. Well, today we are continuing a teaching series titled, What Do You Want?, which is focused on the Book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Before we start today's teaching, I'd like to remind you that I have a brand new book out. It's book number 13, and it's out just in time for Mother's Day. This book has lived in my heart for nearly 40 years, and now at last it's been written, edited, and published. The title of this book is The Rooms of a Mother's Heart, and it's my gift to the next generation of mothers. The Rooms of a Mother's Heart is a legacy kind of book. It's going to help you on the ordinary days of motherhood, on the stressful days of motherhood, on the glorious days of motherhood, and on the heart-wrenching days of motherhood. The Rooms of a Mother's Heart is filled with lists. It has recipes in it and books that you should read to your children and so songs that you should listen to with your children. The Rooms of a Mother's Heart has all types of ideas for the holidays. I hope that you'll do yourself a favor and buy a copy of The Rooms of a Mother's Heart for every mom in your life. You can order it at my website, which is carolmcleodministries.com, or on Amazon, or at christianbookdistributors.com, or a new website I've just discovered, shoptheword.com, or at your local Christian bookstore. Okay, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today on What Do You Want? Ruth has just gone to the threshing floor to meet with her kinsman redeemer. She's covered herself with his garment. It's a glorious and intimate picture of the invitation that Jesus has offered to you and to me. As you listen to today's episode, I pray that you will spend some extra time in the presence of the Lord and listen carefully to the voice of your kinsman, Redeemer. The story of Ruth took place in the days of the judges. Do you remember what the Bible said about this particular moment in history? Judges 21 verse 25, 
when everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Well, apparently in this family, the family of Elimelech and Naomi, that's what Elimelech had done. He had done what was right in his own eyes. He had moved away from Bethlehem, which was the city of bread in the land of Judah. Judah was the land of praise because it seemed right in his own eyes. He was walking by sight and not by faith. It was a temporary fix to a deeper condition. You know, my friend, let's apply this personally to our lives today. We must all be very, very careful of not making the same mistake. We must not, we must not, we must not simply do what seems right in our own eyes. We must, we must, we simply must obey the words of Scripture. We must honor the Lord in all of our decisions, even when it's hard, even when our flesh is screaming out. You must pray about life's decisions. Submit it to wise counsel. Submit it to the Word of God. Read the Word for direction and for guidance. Ask yourself, is this a wise decision or not? Ask yourself, what does the Bible say? about this decision. Ask the Lord to give you evidence that this is the right decision. Ask the Lord to give you a verse, a confirmation. Get on your knees and pray, Lord, is there someone I should get counsel from in my life? You know, I have some go-to women in my life. They are wise women of prayer. They don't sugarcoat things for me, but they give me valuable insight that I just might be missing. So let's go back to the book of Ruth. Why did this simple story merit an entire book in the Bible? Why would the Holy Spirit decide that this story of a very quiet, reticent, ordinary woman should be included in Holy Scriptures? I believe that the revelation that it contains is clearly strategic to our understanding of the mind and purpose of God. The Holy Spirit looked down the pages of history and in eternal wisdom knew there will be some women and some men who need the revelation and the story of Ruth even as far-reaching as the 21st century. Do you remember one of the verses that we began this Bible study with? It's not in the book of Ruth, but it's found in Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Ruth's story has truth beyond the events of her common life. The necessity and provision of redemption is at the very heart of God's plan, and it is the plan of His heart. The book of Ruth tells that story. It tells the story of redemption. The book of Ruth is the story of God's love for you. So before we go one verse further, let me ask you a question. I hope you know the answer. Who is your kinsman redeemer? It is a question that I will ask often in these last 
four lessons of the book of Ruth. Who is your kinsman redeemer? And if we were in a large uh, sanctuary together, if we were at a conference together or a retreat, I hope that you would all shout out, Jesus, Jesus is my kinsman redeemer. Well, we left Ruth last week sleeping at the feet of Boaz. Ruth chapter 3 Verse 7, when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, and Ruth came secretly and uncovered his feet and lay down. Ruth had come to him on the threshing floor. She was asking Boaz to marry her. Although the words were not spoken that we know of, will you marry me? It was clearly communicated by her choice to gently and quietly lay herself at the feet of Boaz. Ruth took the edge of his garment and covered her feet with it. This is such a touching picture of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We must come and lay ourselves at His feet. We must cover ourselves with His Word. Just lay down and rest at the feet of Jesus. Offer yourself to Him in humility and in dire necessity. Jesus, if I don't have you as my kinsman redeemer, I will die. Ruth came with nothing other than herself, and that's the way we come. We come with nothing other than ourselves to Jesus. Jesus is just me. And then what else do we do? Well, we cover ourselves with His Word because it honors Him, because it represents that He is the voice and the person of authority and provision in our lives. Cover yourself with His Word. Cover your mind with His Word. It seems to me and to other theologians that the same God who has been prompting Naomi has also been preparing Boaz. Ruth chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. So Ruth lay at his feet until morning, and then rose before one could recognize another. And Boaz said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And again Boaz said, Give me the cloak that is on you and hold it. So she held it, and he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. So Boaz, being the safe protector that he was, didn't want anyone to know that Ruth had come. He wanted to go to the other kinsmen and handle things the right way. Boaz gave her a generous gift. He gave Ruth six measures of barley into her cloak that Naomi had instructed her to put on. Remember that. Picture it. So in the first light of dawn, Ruth is making her way across the city of bread, Bethlehem, staggering under the weight of the blessing. My friend, listen to me. No matter how far you have wandered in life, go back to the place of bread, which is the Word of God. The Word will sustain you, and it will bless you. Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, had said in her bitterness— I left full, but came back empty. Let me tell you something. No longer will Naomi be empty. It makes me think 
of the verse that was written by King David, Psalm 68, verse 19. David said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Boaz had given Ruth six measures of barley. Now, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but seven is the perfect number in the Bible. It is the number of completion. Why did Boaz only give Ruth six measures of barley? I think he was communicating, Ruth, I'm not done with you yet. There's something else that's going to happen to give a perfect end to our story. Now, because Ruth had taken off her widow's wear and had put on the garment of praise, Ruth had something to carry the blessing in. If you come underdressed to the threshing floor, you'll not have anything to carry the blessing in. Come to the word of God with the garment of praise on so that you have something to carry the blessing away in. Verse 16, Ruth 3.16. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi said, How did it go, my daughter? And Ruth told her all that the man had done for her. You know what? I bet that Naomi was waiting at the door. I bet that Naomi was watching for Ruth and ran to meet her. Naomi couldn't wait. I wonder if she got any sleep at all that night. Naomi's voice was filled with glee when she said, How did it go, my daughter? Now this phrase, How did it go, my daughter, has been translated several different ways. But the authorized Hebrew version translates it like this. Who are you, my daughter? In other words, Naomi might have been saying, are you Mrs. Boaz or are you still Ruth, the Moabitess? Who are you, my daughter? Verse 17, Ruth said, these six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said, do not go to your mother-in-law empty-handed. What a man this Boaz is. Boaz said, I'll not leave your mother-in-law out of the blessing. I'm going to take care of her as well. Now, let me tell you that these words, Ruth 3.17, are the last spoken words by Ruth and recorded in scripture. We have another whole chapter to go, but Ruth is done talking. In these final words, we see one of the most important aspects of the life of Ruth. Her job description was to guide a woman from misery to joy, from sorrow to excitement, from famine to bounty, from grief to a legacy. That is why you and I are alive at our moment in history as well. We are alive to change people's lives, to give them a reason to live again, to instill hope into hopeless souls. We are alive to exhibit the chesed, the kindness of God. It's why we are still alive. Ruth chapter 3, verse 18. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you know how the matter turns out, for this man will not rest until he has settled it today. Naomi said, Ruth, 
you sit yourself down in our rocking chair and have yourself a cup of tea because Boaz is not going to rest until he settles this. I know what kind of man he is. Naomi was saying, I have a real good feeling about this. Something good is going to happen to you, Ruth. Mark my words. Boaz is a man of action. Boaz was Ruth's kinsman redeemer. And who is your kinsman redeemer? You know, the work of redemption is the work of the kinsman redeemer. You and I are bankrupt. We bring nothing to the relationship with the kinsman redeemer except our love. And then we are the beneficiaries of everything. When your kinsman redeemer was on planet earth, this is what he said. I have finished the work that the Father gave me to do. John chapter 17, verse 4. What was the work that the Father had given Jesus to do? It was the work of redemption. Jesus came to redeem the creation of God back to the Father. On the cross, in John 19, verse 30, Jesus cried out, It is finished. The work of redemption is his work. And when you trust him to do what only he can do, then you can rest. Just like Naomi said to Ruth, wait, my daughter. The Holy Spirit is saying that to you today. Wait, my daughter. Wait, my son. This word that Naomi used in Ruth 3.18 is the Hebrew word Yashav, Y-A-S-A-B, and it means to dwell, to remain, to sit, to abide, to wait, and to rest. Just like Naomi told Ruth to wait and to rest. My friend, you can wait and rest as well. Your life is in good hands. It's in the hands of your kinsman redeemer. Oh, let me take that back. Your life is not in good hands. Your life is in great hands. Your life is in miraculous hands. Your life is in powerful hands. It's wonderful to have a Savior in whom you can rest. If He's promised it, He's on it. You can rest because He is not resting, but He is working behind the scenes on your behalf. We looked at this verse Last week, it's a theme in the book of Ruth and in your life as well. Psalm 138.8, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The word that Naomi spoke to Ruth, Yeshav, also means to wait. Now, wait is not the word that we want to hear from the Holy Spirit, right? But listen, we all have to wait. So when you have done all you can do, then you wait. You put on the garment of praise. You spend time on the threshing floor in His presence. You cover yourself with the word. You ask for what you need. You obey the Holy Spirit. What do you do next? You wait. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. 
It is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. Hebrews 6 verse 12 tells us, but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then let me read you one more New Testament verse today. Hebrews 10, 36. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. We all have to wait for the promises, and we all must rest while we wait. Don't worry while you wait. Just rest. Your future is in the good great, miraculous, powerful hands of the kinsman redeemer. Now, in the King James Version of the Bible, this particular verse, Ruth 3.18, is translated, sit still. That was Naomi's counsel to Ruth, sit still. Naomi was saying, honey, what good will stalking Boaz do? When we agree with Naomi— When we agree with the Holy Spirit and we say, yes, I will wait patiently. I will rest. I will stay right here. It's a theme in the Bible. It's a theme often before God does a great work. Sit still, stand still. You know, stand still was the command of Moses to the people of Israel when the Egyptian army was pursuing them. But Moses said to the people, do not fear, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. There was no need to panic because God had the situation well in hand. Where else is this word stand still, sit still, be still used in the Bible? Well, David said much the same thing when the Assyrian army had invaded the land and surrounded the city of Jerusalem. In Psalm 46.10, David said, be still and know that I am God. This phrase, be still, is translated Take your hands off. Just relax. Now, imagine this with me for a moment, if you will. David and his men are surrounded by the enemy, a fierce, cruel enemy. David went to the Lord in prayer and then began to write what the Lord had spoken to him. Be still. Relax. Take your hands off the situation. Just rest and know that I am God and that I am in charge. My friend, I have a word from the Lord for somebody today. God is good, and He can accomplish the impossible in your life. I have a feeling that the advice of Naomi to Ruth, of Moses to the children of Israel, and of David in the Psalms is a direct word for somebody today. Even if you feel surrounded by pain, by hurt, and by disappointment— Relax in His presence. You have a kinsman redeemer who will not rest until he accomplishes what concerns you. As my little Irish grandmother used to say, don't get yourself in a tizzy. Now, let me just confess something to you. 
I am a fixer. I have a type A personality, and I have had to learn to just enjoy the Lord. I've had to learn to delight in the Lord when my world is crumbling around me. It takes discipline. It takes emotional control. It takes dying to self. It takes being more aware of Him than I am of my own pain and outrage. It takes covering myself with the Word. In closing today, let me read to you two scriptures that will bring great hope to your heart. Philippians 1.6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And then Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel has spoken. In repentance and in rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. Next time in our Bible study, What Do You Want? We'll join Boaz at the city gates as he negotiates to take root as his very own bride. You're going to love listening to the voice of Boaz and even maybe experiencing his rapid heartbeat as he relentlessly pursues the legal right to marry Ruth. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email me at carol at carolmccladministries.com. You can also grab lots of encouragement from visiting my website, which is carolmccladministries.com. And now let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for being our kinsman redeemer. Thank you for pursuing us, for loving us, and for daily loading us with benefits. Father, I pray this day in Jesus' name that you would meet the needs of my friends and my listeners. Lord, would you intervene in the affairs of mankind. Lord, would you meet us in a special way today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy. And as always, I dare you to choose joy.